Hi, I'm Kim Rhodes, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the 76th episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm Brian Zemrak, and on this week's interview segment, we will be talking with actress Kim Rhodes, who played the mother of Zack and Cody on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody on the Disney Channel, as well as playing a very popular role on the soap opera Another World. And she'll be sharing some great stories with us, and also we will take a look at upcoming movies, such as the rumored Indiana Jones 5 sequel, and a whole lot more. But first... Let's take a look at remakes on Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Well, as far as Remake Madness, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. I always enjoyed that movie, and it's headed for a remake, or as they say, a new version of the story. And this time, it will be called Night of the Living Dead Origins in 3D. Okay, they've changed it a little bit because what was going to happen is they were going to just make the original movie over in 3D. Then they changed their mind and they're going to call it Night of the Living Dead Origins. Okay, so they're going to change it a little bit, I guess. So I don't know what they're doing with that, but we'll keep an eye on that one for you. Also, the old game Battleship. Remember that one? Everybody used to play that. And it's um, moving ahead to be remade into a movie with a projected release date of 2011 on that one. And a remake, redo, re imaging or whatever you want to call it of Excalibur which has been done over and over and over and over over the years and uh, it's in the works once again and it'll be headed by Brian Singer this time and the last time the story was redone was in 1981 by John Borman and uh, that's about it for Remake Madness coming up next we're going to take a look at what's coming your way as far as rumored and upcoming movies right here on On Screen and Beyond All right, upcoming and rumored movies, November 1st, 2010, will bring us Anyone's Son, starring James Caan and Shirley MacLaine. It's about a young man who murders his family while they sleep. It's based on a true story. And a look at the life and troubled times of singer-actress Judy Garland is in the works for 2011 with a movie called Get Happy, The Life of Julie Garland, and it stars Anne Hathaway. And let's see, one more thing here, William Defoe. Abigail Breslin and Elizabeth Hurley will lend their voices to an animated film called The Wild Bunch, coming in 2010. It's about a group of genetically modified crops who battle against a field of wildflowers. Sounds kind of different. And that's about it for upcoming and rumored movies. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Sequel City, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, as far as sequels, uh, we got some good ones here. J.J. Uh, Abrams is saying Star Trek II will be a more intellectually deeper film than the first one, more in the line of what Gene Roddenberry intended Star Trek to be. So we'll see what goes on with that one. And a sequel to Mamma Mia may be in the works, but word is that ABBA member Benny Anderson doesn't want a second movie to be filled with obscure ABBA songs. He just doesn't want that. So word is that uh, they may be looking for songs from another group to use. Stay tuned. We'll keep you informed on that. And it seems that Spielberg, Lucas, and Harrison Ford have agreed on the premise 
of Indiana Jones 5, and George Lucas is actively working on it. Stay tuned for more developments as they come in. And that's about it for sequels. Coming up next, TV on DVD right here on On Screen and Beyond. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TV on DVD from On Screen to Beyond. This week, you could look for these TV shows to hit the shelves at the stores. Uh, Brotherhood, the final season. Castle, the complete first season. Friday the 13th, the series, the third and final season. Ghost Whisperer, the complete fourth season. Star Trek II on Blu-ray, which is uh, really fantastic. Um, Taxi, the complete fourth season. And Ugly Betty, the complete third season. And that's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, Movies on DVD. Well, as far as movies on DVD, it looks like Observe and Report, starring Anna Faris and Seth Rogen, will hit stores on Tuesday, September 22nd, as does Ghosts of Girlfriends Past with Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer Gardner. And finally, on September 22nd, Adam Resurrected with Jeff Goldblum and William Defoe arrives in stores. Coming up next is our interview with Kim Rhodes from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actress who for years was known as Cindy Brooke Harrison on the soap operas Another World and As the World Turns, and also as Carrie Martin on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. On October 11th, she will be hosting Carol Channing Presents Broadway Voices for Arts and Education at UCLA's Royce Hall. It's Kim Rhodes. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you for having me, Brian. Hi. Hi. I want to start off with uh, you hosting this event, and can you tell us a little about it? Oh, this is honestly one of the things I'm the most proud of doing. Um, I have been fortunate enough to hook up with Carol Channing and her husband, Harry Collegian, Mm -hmm. and she has formed the um, Carol Channing and Harry Collegian Foundation for the Arts, which is dedicated to increasing the awareness for um, the need for arts in schools and funding for arts in schools. Um, And this evening is, well, I, I, I... Again, I've been completely blessed. I am hosting a number of Broadway veterans. We've got uh, Joyce, Amy, um, Sam Harris, Mary Jo Caitlett, uh, and um, Eileen Graff. Let's see if I can... Carol Cook also, right? Carol Cook. Oh, see? Jason Gray. Just some really incredible talents. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, Carol Channing. I believe also the Los Angeles... Gay Men's Choir of Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and Vox Femina. Yeah. And they're all going to be on one stage, raising funds for this foundation, which is dedicated to uh, to keeping the arts in the schools mm-hmm. and raising the awareness for that need, which is something that I it's it's 
I know it would seem like I have a lot of soapboxes, but I really only have a couple, and that's a big one for me, is how vital arts and arts funding is to public education and, and for our kids. Yeah. So this should be a lovely evening, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's at UCLA. Yeah. And that's uh, Sunday, October 11th, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yes. And we've had Carol and Harry on the show uh, twice, in fact. And Aren't they great? They are fantastic. I, mean, I have <laughs> to be honest. I was so, I mean, the first time I ever spoke to them on the on the phone, I was, I was completely starstruck. And I don't get starstruck very easily, not because I'm, you know, arrogant enough to think I'm as important as they are, but really because I don't know who a lot of people are. <laughs> um, so I'm going, oh, okay. But I was a little stuttery, and then they invited me to a, a earlier function, and I met them, and I really expected, I felt like I was going to meet royalty. And they apparently thought they were meeting a long-lost grandchild, really? because they met me with such love and such generosity. And I really was kind of like, you know who I am, right? It's just me. It's just <laughs> Kim Rhodes, right? They're like, no, we know who you are. Thank you for coming. I just could not be more impressed with the two of them they're they're they have so much enthusiasm on this it's unreal i I... it is and it's well it's also very i'm sure you you talk to since you talk to a lot of people here in hollywood it's we we learn to stop wearing our hearts on our sleeves um we, we we kind of start hiding who we really are in hollywood because it's it's a vulnerable thing, and when you're when you're kind of constantly in the position of being judged, or we perceive we're being judged, we start kind of putting up defenses. And neither of them respond with defensiveness. They both are so open and so honest and so generous with who they are mm-hmm. and what they love that it's such. They're just they are literally inspirational to be around. Oh, they are, yeah. They're just so enthusiastic, and it's, yeah. it's sometimes hard to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> well, yeah, that, 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 that I will, I will, um, I found that some of my conversations I frequently follow up with emails just to make sure I, I got, I was like, oh, and by the way, if we got, okay, we're good. <laughs> and it's funny, because she'll be talking, she'll talk for a long period of time, and then she'll stop, and she'll say, oh, am I talking too much? She says, <laughs> she says, you're such a good listener, she said. But no, it's a pleasure to have them on, and and you know, it's good to see that somebody uh, is is you know standing on the forefront of this, uh, you know, the voices for arts and education because it's really something that's necessary. Well, it's it's uh, again, I'm I am very, it's almost primal for me because the arts are seen as so dilettantish. You know, when you think, oh, the arts, really somebody wants to play with paints, really somebody wants to play with the violin. What does that mean in a country whose, you know, economy is failing, people are losing their homes, you know, we've got real problems, quote-unquote, to deal with. Mm-hmm. When the arts are not so much about painting pretty pictures, the arts are teaching the heart and the soul that they have a voice. Right. And for a child really quite frankly rare is the child that finds an emotional connection in school without something artistic without something that speaks to them mm-hmm. we have you know they talk about the dropout rate but they are looking at the dropout rate in high school from kindergarten through high school 
we lose over 25% of our students in public school. Wow. 25%. That's a lot, yeah. That's, that's appalling. Yeah. yeah. And then yes. to bring it back to our economy and our country, well, what, what is the mindset that creates technology, that creates jobs, that creates things that make our – well, it's a creative mind. Mm-hmm. That's right. And a creative – and a crea- no, 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 we're fine. Um, I'm sorry, my husband just wanted to see if I was okay with the baby. <laughs> and Tabitha says, yes, dad, <laughs> But it's, it's a creative mind that really innovates. And so when our country is most in need of innovation and new technology and new jobs and, you know, a, a green field, um, that's when we need to be encouraging our kids to create, mm-hmm. and that's what the arts do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it it gives them voices and it teaches them how to think. Yeah. It's it's it is vital. It isn't just about oh, it's got to have we've got to have some time for our kids to go fun fun party party and write morose poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's vital. Yeah, and, and it- Carol keeps bringing up it's actually also. It's in our Constitution. Um, Kids have a constitutional right to a well-rounded education. Mm -hmm. And when you start selectively cutting things that don't have high fundraisers with it, because let's be honest, um, now this is just my opinion, but let's be honest, the reason that football still is included is because winning football teams get checks. That's right. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know, winning dance recitals, not so much right <laughs> but it's true that's it's that always you know they don't usually cut those things but the arts yeah. get it yeah yeah they, they, the arts get it because the arts are not big fundraisers yeah and so we're gonna have to do it for them yeah that's nationwide too and it's, it's yeah. it happens all the time and it's a shame yeah so and, and i have to mention that uh, uh when you first started talking about this and you mentioned the children yeah. Your your child spoke right up. I could hear oh, yeah. <laughs> she was like she was on cue. That was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Mama. Yeah? Yeah, you got something else to say? That's the phone. And who's that over there? Yes, it's the kitty kitty. There we go, see? That's that's about her entire vocabulary. She's almost two, but she she signs like a fiend. She makes up signs and then gets angry with us that we don't know what they are. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, she's she's apparently I won't let her get a word in edgewise either. <laughs> that's why she hasn't learned to talk yet. She's like, Mom, really? So now at the event, will you be singing at all? <laughs> Not if they want to keep their money. <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I sing three notes really, really well. Oh come on. Um, I, no, seriously. If you if you ever, I don't know if your kids were of the age where you ever um, watched the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Oh yes. I, I yes. played. I played a. a, a hotel lounge singer yes yes and one of the things i told them was that it was important to me to do my own singing so if you hate my voice don't hire me but uh but within that they did you'll notice that the songs i sang have a very limited range i i um i actually recall in college taking a, a choir a voice class and the first time i sang in front of the class I finished, and the, the the teacher goes, "Well, you can tell she's an actor. She looked like she sounded great." <laughs> now, see, I have seen you on on the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. 
And I've seen you singing, and I thought, oh, she's a singer. She must have switched over from... <laughs> it, was, it was actually very, very, very difficult for me to do that. It, really? It, it was, it's scary for me. It's one of the things that terrifies me the most, is singing in public. Um, I, in grad school, by the time I got to grad school, I was so terrified of it that the first time I sang in front of my class, I threw up. <laughs> I am not exaggerating. You can ask anybody I went to school with, they will say, oh, yep, starting here, starting now, starting to erp. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so when I was doing Street Life, we would go in a studio, so they could, they could kind of pitch control, they could kind of move it around, but they wrote the songs in a range that was easy for me, and they were just very patient with me, and, um, and I said, I treated it as a challenge. I said, this is something I'm scared to do, and I'm going to do it, hmm. because it's important to me that kids don't have a false impression of who I am yeah. when they watch this show. You're an actress. You can do it. Yeah, I mean, I, except for, I will tell you, the Gilbert and Sullivan was not me. I actually had laryngitis that week. And um, and so the one who's singing light opera uh, was our was our uh, assistant director, actually. Hmm. It was our AD, Beth Carell. She, she, um, she has an incredible singing voice. I believe she sang, I may be mis mistaken, but I think she sang back up for Aretha Franklin at one point. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, so that voice is definitely not me. That's Beth. Ah, so then, so then there was some, some, some piecing in there. <laughs> yes, yeah, there was a little bit of fudging going on there because I had no voice, and they were asking me to sing opera. Huh. So, so, how did you get into acting? I got into acting when I was in college. I went to college to be an English teacher, and I figured at that point I should take a class in acting. Um, because basically you're going to have to stand in front of a lot of kids and keep them amused mm. if you're teaching them. Yeah. And um, I'm still convinced that at some point I'm going to be a teacher when I grow up. I'm just getting this out of my system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just became, it was kind of like somebody hands you the keys to your house and goes, no, no, it's your house. You can walk in. Oh, so I went. To, I got a BFA in acting, and then I was fortunate enough to be accepted into a graduate program. So I got an MFA in acting, hmm. and out of that, I got an agent in New York. So I went to New York, and a couple months there, I got on the soap opera, and they kept me on the soap opera for a really long time. So and was that uh, your, was the the soap your first acting job? Or? Well, that was my first television. I did stage. I did a lot of stage. You did stage. I came yeah. out of stage. I did. Uh, yeah, I did um, regional Shakespeare. I did work in Philadelphia regionally. I did. Um, I thought I was going to stay in stage, but then I tried to pay the rent doing stage, and <laughs> yeah, not not a lot of not a lot of big fat paychecks when you're doing uh, Shakespeare in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say, for the record, one of the happiest times of my life, really? and the best work I've ever done to date hmm. was doing Shakespeare in Wisconsin. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. So, uh, but so to pay the bills, you... <laughs> yep. There, you've always got it. You've always got to figure out where the balance is. So how did you, uh, how did you get into the soap? How did that come about? The soap opera was, I had an agent, and agents pretty much just send you out on anything that they will, are willing to see you for. Um, I was hired on a soap opera that was kind of struggling, and I think I was hired just as a basic, uh, we need somebody to create a chaotic storyline because we've got to get there from here. 
Um, I was originally only supposed to be there for 13 weeks. Was that another world? But Yes, that really? was another world. But through, again, fortune, a series of very lucky decisions and choices, I ended up being there for three years. I've, I've talked to other people who have been in soaps, and they've, they've said the same thing. Their character was only going to be short-term, and, yep. and, and they seem to evolve. And luckily, people are able to stay on. So Yep. There's, well, but at the same time, see, the way the soap opera contract works is you sign a contract with them for three years, which means you can't right after off the six bat? months. Yeah, yeah. You sign a contract with them for three years. That means you don't get to, after six months, say, yeah, I don't like this so much anymore. I'm leaving. Or, yeah, I think you should pay me more money. You sign a three-year contract. Oh. They, on the other hand, have the right to fire you every 13 weeks. You know, that doesn't sound fair. <laughs> You know, that's how most contracts work. Really? It is. Contracts aren't, I mean, when you, you think as a budding young actor, ooh, I want a contract. Uh, the contract is you to the producers. No producer ever guarantees you're going to, I mean, unless you're already a star and you get a pay-or-play contract. Right. That's yeah. what a pay-or-play contract is, is even if I don't go with this show, you have to keep paying me with this show. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so no, it's it's uh, it's remarkably it's so, remarkably one sided. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, did you do you find uh, that being in a soap, learning you know, I mean, every day you're learning lines and, and oh, you know, yeah. it's it's quick turnaround compared to the stage. Do you prefer one over the other? Well, I'll tell you the the, the preference they have they have. I mean, for somebody who loves immediate gratification, there's there's nothing like a soap. But because I came out of that was the first television I'd done, and I was a very cautious actor. I you know with stage you have two, four weeks of rehearsal, mm -hmm. sometimes six. And so you can make tiny little adjustments, check in, was that right? Make a tiny little adjustment. With a soap opera, you need to basically dive, and you will find out when you hit the bottom if you landed right or not. And that was personally very good for me because I had not learned to trust myself before then, I was always relying on feedback and relying on other people. Yeah. So the soap opera was where I really learned to trust myself. And I also learned to fail spectacularly <laughs> and get back up again and go, well, that didn't work, did it? <laughs> and, and you realize that you live through it. People make fun of you and you move on. Hmm. You've got to be willing to have those moments that otherwise, you know, otherwise you're not really taking a risk. Now, did you say you were an evil person on the soap? Well, um, Or you started out as? No, I started off as kind of the victim. The and, victim, um, okay. You know, just kind of the, the psycho. And I think I did. Let's see here. I started off... No, I started off as the one who was trying to break up the relationship. You're right. I started off as the typical bad girl. But then I just got crazy. Um, so I was the psycho with the heart of gold. 
Ah, that's I think is the typical way you describe that character on the soap opera. I we were two weeks into a cat burglar storyline before I found out I was doing it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Really? That's me? That's so cool! I'm a cat burglar too." Oh, so you didn't know ahead of time? No, <laughs> I didn't. I don't think they knew ahead of time. They started the whole storyline, then they were like, "Who are we going to have to do this? What are we going to do with it?" <laughs> So it's it's funny on soaps how they do that. You know, you, like you say, you start off bad, and then they they find out that you're catching on. So they say, okay, let's give her a hot of gold. Yep. Then then she becomes good, and then she's she's the total opposite of what she was. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little secret. Um, I don't know why I'm telling you a secret because it's like this is an interview. But nevertheless, um, <laughs> soap operas. Someone and I won't mention any names, but it worked out well. Uh, said, you play what you want them to write, not what they've written. Not necessarily not what they've written, but play what you want them to write. So if you are syncing with a character and you think, oh, wouldn't it be fun if these two characters got together as cohorts? Then you play that you're already cohorts, and then everybody goes, ooh, wouldn't it be interesting to follow that relationship? Mm -hmm. Wow, they have great chemistry. Well, yeah, because we were already playing something that was a potential. Mm-hmm. Now, the danger with that is you also need to do your job and play the script, play the story, tell the story. Right. So, um, but within that, it's, it's uh, that, that kind of heart of gold came from me trying to, as an actor, justify why I was doing these horrible, awful, disgusting, nasty <laughs> things. And it's like, well, in my mind, she's doing them because she's in love with this guy, and this is the only way she can get him to notice her. Mm-hmm. Well, automatically, voila, there's your heart of gold. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you prefer playing the bad girl or oh, yes. the good girl? Oh, yes. Um, the bad girl, I think I, somebody asked me that once, and um, I thought about it. The, the bad girl, on soap operas especially, the bad girl is all about doing things you only think about doing. <laughs> yeah. And the good girl is all about not doing the things you wish you were doing. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, bad bad is definitely... And also you can take, again, it's back to risks. You can take more chances. You can be more unexpected when you're the bad girl. Mm-hmm. When you're the good girl, you pretty much need to confirm what everyone is thinking you're about to do. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, but, you, you know, I mean, we're talking about your character here, and uh, your character became very, very popular, right? Because, she did. I, mean, I'm, I was... I'm not... Well, I mean... From what I understand, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I. It's very funny when I run into parents of kids who watched The Sweet Life, who knew me from another, who are kind of like, yeah, the first time we saw you, we were like, don't let her near kids. She's crazy. <laughs> so, do you get? Did you get a lot of it, or still where people will think you, you're the character <laughs> that you were playing? I, no, I never. I. I Little kids do with mom. I mean, little kids kind of have a problem differentiating between imaginary and, and, you know, it's kind of like, well, where are Dylan and Cole? I'm like, okay, so you know their real names are Dylan and Cole. Right. So you must know that I'm not their real mom, and yet you're still surprised they're not at my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so kids kind of have a problem with that. But uh, I don't. I I never actually had anyone treat me as my character on the soap opera. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Now, you, in uh, 1998, you were nominated for favorite new couple. 
Is that Favorite new? Yeah, that was that was with Mark Pinter. Mark. Yeah, Mark Pinter. Yeah. I love Mark. Yeah. Mark was yeah. That was a great partnership. That was really he was he was someone that when you when you're working with somebody you really really trust, you can even be more extreme. You can go even further because you know somebody who's going to respond to you in a way that makes your choice look good, no matter what it was that you did. <laughs> So I think that was a really that was a great period of time when I got to work with him, and um, and it was again a very unexpected couple. We were not somebody that you would look at the cast of the soap opera and go, yeah, let's put those two together. So it wasn't a planned thing from the beginning to to do something. No, like that. again, in the beginning, I was just supposed to be a right. little evil henchman that he killed off, and then voila, went back to being the solo bad guy. No. Now, when you left the soaps uh, around, what, 2001 or something like that? Uh, it was actually 99. The soap got canceled. Oh, but then you went over to... Uh, I just did two S-world, days on it. As the turns. world turns, what happened there was Christopher Goutman, the lovely, phenomenal, brilliant Christopher Goutman, was the executive producer of Another World in its last days. And he went over to As the World Turns which was also a Procter & Gamble soap, so it was technically in the same world. Like, the character Jake McKinnon moved over there. Mm-hmm. And so they thought that it would be fun if I just kind of came in to rile up Jake a little bit for a couple of days. So that's uh, all I did. I just took my character, the same character, I just moved to a different yep. town, basically, yep. for a brief period of time, delivered some news that riled up Jake, and then moved on. Just to cause trouble. Yep. yep. <laughs> Typical soap thing, just yep, cause the trouble. Exactly. I got to go metal for a little bit. So, but then you made uh, guest appearances on uh, other TV shows, um, like yes. Becker and um, uh, Without a Trace, CSI. Yep. Um, I and- d- yeah, that was when I started. That was I moved to um, Hollywood because the because uh, the soap opera was in New York, oh, and that's so true. I moved out here to LA in '99, and um, started doing. That was the first nighttime television I'd ever done. Hmm. Yeah. So I did a series of guest stars and and uh, came close to booking some series regulars. So that guest star is you know the person who's there for that week, and the right. series regular is the person who's there all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I came pretty close to a lot of things, got none of them, took a year off, and went away and did Shakespeare again because I'd kind of gotten beat up by L.A. Uh, the Shakespeare really spoke to me. It made me very happy. I came back to L.A. kind of just to pack up and move, and I was going to go do Shakespeare for the rest of my life and say, bugger this town, and and I booked Street Life. Yeah. Now, how did that come about? I don't have any idea. <laughs> I, I mean, you, at this point, you've spoken to me long enough. When you think Disney mom... I am not what you think of. I've got a tattoo. I sweat. I, you know, dear Lord. But it just, something just clicked with us. The the writers and the material and at that time the channel, everybody was like, yeah, sure, why, why not? Give it a go. Hmm. Um, so did you audition? Yeah, Is that what I, it was? I, an, an I auditioned. Open? They had been looking. They were looking for a singer. They were looking for somebody who was a legitimate singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think they just wanted, like, the dark horse option. They were like, well, let's bring in somebody who can't sing but might be able to do something with the comedy. And so they brought me in, and because I was already so committed to leaving town and moving to uh, moving to Ashland, 
I had no fear walking into the audition. Mm-hmm. And fear is usually what kills an actor anyway. Really, yeah. So I just walked in like, hey, what's up? Are there donuts? <laughs> and it worked. So we shot the pilot. And no, Tabby, no. No, no, no. Owie, owie. That's owie. Yeah, honey, that's an owie. That's a bee. Yes, we don't eat those. <laughs> yeah, we don't eat the bee. Don't eat the bee, Okay. You okay? She's like, I, okay, mom. <laughs> um, yeah, she, 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 my daughter will say, she knows what no, no, no is. She'll shake her head, and then she'll go ahead and continue doing it. <laughs> I'll be like, no, 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 no electric outlet, no, no, no. And she's like, white, mommy, no, 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 zap. And it gets worse. <laughs> uh, yes, hot. Oh, no, no, no is a hot. Hot is a no, 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 huh? <laughs> right. Um, so, yes. The, the audition, and then I, I had a callback, and my agents were, I said, you know, hey, I'm willing to move to Ashland, so you do whatever you need to do in the negotiating. And um, I was seriously driving, I was in my car driving around the Disney Channel building, waiting for my agent to call and say, okay, we've finalized the contract. And... Um, Apparently, when he called me and said we finalized the contract, up in the room, they had all just said, fine, we can't get Kim, we'll settle on this other gal instead. And I walked up, and I literally did. I walked into the room with a callback, and this is network, producers, everybody. I walked in and went, are there donuts? And um, a cry went up throughout the land, and everything was fine. Hmm. So, so, yeah, it's, it's, it, it pays to be fearless. Yeah. It doesn't pay to be arrogant, but it pays to be fearless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh. That's interesting. So, yeah, so I did that for uh, for three years. And um, and then it was uh, ushered into a spinoff, which I was not invited to be a part of. And um, so since then, I've been, you know, the next significant thing in my life was a baby. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, more. There are none, honey. Um, and uh, then now I've got uh, the fortune of working with Harry and Carol. Yeah. Now, uh, are you also going to be in a movie? In a movie. Ah, yes. Called Interesting. S- Cyrus? Um, so the, the, the film work that I've done, so technically IMDb credits it as film work, but it doesn't always get released. So I did shoot a couple of independent films, mm-hmm. um, one of which has had some showing. It's called Desertion. Uh, Brian Krause, who I was on Another World with, so that was really cool. They said, who do you, we've got these guys that we're deciding between. Who do you think? Do you have any opinion? I went, oh, Brian Krause! I know Brian! We work really well together. So uh, I got to shoot a movie with Brian Krause, and it's kind of making the festival circuit. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see here. Cyrus is a horror film, which is totally not my thing, but I I know the producer, and he was like, hey, come on, just come out and sound like a doctor. So I I did that. Um, So are you you, uh, uh, killed in it or anything like that, or or, or can't tell us? Nope, you just have, I'm just uh, uh, the the talking head serial killer expert who tells you exactly what serial killers do and don't do. Ah, And then you go back to watching the serial killer do exactly what I'm describing. (laughs) So, Probably fun for everyone. I don't know. I can't watch horror films. Can't take them. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, one other thing about um, I wanted to mention about your credits, uh, and, and it seems like a, a lot of the actors I, I talk to have this in. They either have um, 
a credit with um, My Three Sons, which you're way too young for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or they have some type of Star Trek. Oh, the Star Trek. Now, you okay. were part of a Star Trek show, right? Can I hand her to you, Daddy? Okay. I got to do an episode of Star Trek Voyager, which mm-hmm. is the one that the, the incomparable Kate McGrew was the captain. Yeah. Um, and, okay, first of all, let me tell you, I was heartbroken when Next Generation went off the air before I'd gotten to be a guest star on it. So you were a star? I, I mean, a, loved it. You were a fan. I am such a sci-fi geek. Really? I'm, I tend more towards the fantasy Lord of the Rings, Terry Pratchett, Douglas Adams. I won't keep naming names. But, but Star Trek... Always a fan of. Mm-hmm. So, not only did I get to go in on this episode, but the episode itself, like, usually guest stars on those shows are, you know, really there to serve the stars. Mm-hmm. But this one, for some reason, they'd written the entire episode about my character. Wow. <laughs> and so I got to be a brand new race of being. I got to be, I got to work with some of the most incredible people I'd ever been on stage with. And, and I will admit, I got to use the transporter. And they actually had to hold. I got up there. I got in position. I was like, can you hang on just a second? They were like, uh, yeah, why? And I said, because I have to do this. I'm on the transporter. I'm on the transporter. <laughs> okay, now I'll stop. And I said, I'm sorry. And he said, actually, you'd be surprised how many people actually have to do that. <laughs> I'm being transported. It's so cool. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, that was that was one of my all-time career highs is getting to be on getting to be on Star Trek. So now, do people come up to you and, and of course, it's hard to recognize you because you look different when you're no, in, in character there. I actually have had people. I have the people who have recognized me from Star Trek. Let's just put it this way: the people who have recognized me from Star Trek have been the most vocally appreciative of anyone who recognizes me from anything. Well, Star Trek fans are very, very. Oh, yeah. Well, because it it sucks to be the minority and be right. <laughs> it's brilliant storytelling. It's Shakespearean storytelling. It's universal. It's intelligent, and it speaks to every single emotion we have as human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet, it's still creative and funny and funky and unexpected. So. You know, you can have your 30 Rocks and your Mad Men, but I still say a good episode of Star Trek is, but yeah, it's, it's, Star Trek is, is freaking brilliant. <laughs> I want one of the things, one of the heartbreaks that was the biggest for me is that I, I came close to being on Enterprise. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah? Wow. And, um, and not getting that was probably... The only time I've really, really cried after not getting something. Hmm. What, what we really need is if somebody had, you know, a uh, uh, guest appearance on each of the Star Trek episodes. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. series. That would be something. <laughs> somebody has, Well, no, wait, don't they? Who's the guy who plays uh, Q? Oh, has he been on? Hasn't he been on most of them? I, t- I can't tell you for sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, and he was, on, he was on soap operas as well. That's right. I don't remember yeah. his name. Yeah, but, I can. Um, but yeah, that that I think you showed up on a number of the Star Treks. Hmm. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So this the Star Trek was was really honestly one of my like 
heart the heart made did my heart good now have you ever gone to one of those to be signings those conventions they have or anything I, ha- like that? I haven't i i probably should because i hear people are very grateful and you can actually make money at them and lord knows ooh, with the industry what it is i, I need to make some money <laughs> but um yeah. I, I haven't i want to again one of my favorite movies is uh trekkies mm-hmm. yeah yeah. And I just think there's it's, it deals with this situation that so much of the society has opinions about but doesn't really know about. Like everybody thinks, oh, you like science fiction, you must be this, that, or the other thing. And it's like, no, you're just jealous because you let that part of you die when you grew up. Yeah, yeah. We still believe in playing dress up and pretend. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I do. I think that it's, I think that a lot of the judgment comes from jealousy that they can't give themselves permission to wear fun clothes and talk in funny voices. Yeah, you should go you should go and be, go to one of those signings because you could probably, you know, uh, see a lot of fans and uh, it's uh, you know, not just the Star Trek ones but those other signings there. They have, you know, and you could have a big sign that says Star Trek Voyager Ensign Lindsay Ballard, you know. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so but uh, well, Kim Yes. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us. I appreciate uh, it's, it. It's really, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure, and I thank you so much for being interested in, in, uh, in, in, in the seriousness and advancing the cause. I mean, preach your brother. <laughs> um, thank you for contacting me about, about Carol Channing and Harry Collegian's foundation yeah well um, good luck at uh, at, uh, at hosting the event on uh, october thank 11th you i'm 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 a little again i'm gonna be around some real stars oh, I yeah. just, you know i got I, I hope i don't throw up on them <laughs> 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 well kim again really i thank you very very much i thank you so much brian this is really it's been a pleasure and thank you to you and your listeners for being patient with my daughter's contribution <laughs> And we want to thank Kim so much for taking the time out of her busy day to talk to us. Uh, And uh, if you are in the L.A. area, be sure to check out Carol Channing Presents Broadway Voices for the Arts in Education. And it's Sunday, October 11th at UCLA's Royce Hall. Kim will be the host, and it'll be a lot of fun, a lot of good times there. And it'll also help out a good cause. So check that out. And uh, let's see, I want to remind you to check our website, onscreenandbeyond.com, for the movie and TV DVD reviews we have. We also have movie news. We have our poll question. All of our past episodes are still there with interviews with such people as Bob Barker and uh, Lee Majors, a $6 million man. And um, we have a Porky's reunion on there with a couple of guys from Porky's. And we also have Cliff Robertson. We have Sally Kellerman from the MASH movie. We have Radar from the MASH movie and the MASH TV show, Gary Berghoff. We have Cindy Brady from uh, you know the Brady Bunch, uh, Susan Olson. And, of course, we have Taylor Lautner of Twilight. Uh, and that's just to name a few. We have so many people there that you can hear what they have to say about uh, projects they have going on or things they did and all, all sorts of interesting stuff. A lot of good stuff to listen to. So I uh, hope you'll check those out at onscreenandbeyond.com. So uh, until the next time when we have another great guest coming your way, this is Brian Zemrak saying take care.